This week, Trophée des Champions, PSG Caen. Also, we're not annoyed that the only transfers in so far are a 40-year-old Italian patriarch who came on a free and possibly a 21-year-old German player nobody's ever heard of. Yes, because we know better. We know that Mbappe's transfer just kicked in. We know FFP makes things a bit difficult. Right? Yeah, I know, okay. We are annoyed. We are annoyed. <laughs> Well, hello everyone. Season uh, three, episode two of our podcast. Uh, we have new team members this week again. I'm talking about the podcast team, not the club, that is. Yes, we're having a much better transfer season at PSG Talking so far that at Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, Mel joined last time and he's a, he's a fantastic uh, add to the podcast team. He couldn't make it this week, but we have a new person, James, and uh, who's, who's here this week with us. And hopefully Terry will may join later. We'll see how it goes. Uh, James, do you want to say hi and in, introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi. Um, my name hi. is James, as, as Guillaume said. Uh, I've been a PSG follower uh, probably since about 2011. However, I still feel very new. Um, Especially getting into PSG talk, uh, I before before um, encountering PSG talk, everything was kind of in French, and uh, that actually sparked me to to learn a little bit, good, um, so that I could try to follow the team a little bit more. So I took some classes in college, oh nice, um, because I wanted to I wanted to be able to support the team, um, but uh, I've also already been involved with you guys a little bit. I did mm -hmm. a Q and A &A with uh, Atletico Madrid. Uh, and their their blog on SB Nation. So uh, I'm happy to be here. Well, happy to have you. Uh, the more, the better. And uh, this week with us also, Kose. No need to introduce the amazing Kose. Hello, Kose. <laughs> Hi, everyone. So uh, not much to discuss yet. A little bit. Uh, it's not unusual after a, a World Cup that you know the first few weeks of a, of a new season is a little chaotic. On top of that, we have to add a new coach. And on top of that, we have to add a financial fair play hitting our club. Um, so all we have to discuss is the Trophée des Champions, which is, uh, I don't know, even know, how, I don't even know how to describe it. Nobody really cares, but that's the first official game of the season. Paris won 4 0 against Monaco, uh, with some, uh, new players from the youth academy, so that's something to talk about. It was Tuchel, Tuchel's first official game too, and then we have Paris Saint Germain Caen to discuss. First uh, week one of Ligue One, uh, Paris won three 0 A little bit more to discuss, and then I'm sure the core of the discussion is going to be on um, player new contracts and transfers. There's a, it's not official yet, but it's official if you are a Schalke fan. A new player may join uh, the club, a central defender, 21-year-old German. His name is, hold on, <laughs> Kerr, Tilo Kerr from Schalke. Interesting, of course, Paris Saint-Germain is not going to, well, it's possible to have catastrophic transfers. We've done it before. But this one looks somewhat interesting. So we'll discuss about that, and then we'll talk about the Rabio thing. Whatever the Rabio thing is, because there seems to be a Rabio thing every other week. And some of us are getting tired of Rabio things. But it's kind of a big deal. But we have only one hour. We're going to go straight into the Trophée des Champions. Kose, um, you want to start? How did you watch the game? Yes, of course. Well, there's no uh, necessarily, of course, I kind of watched it. I kind of didn't. 
Uh, yeah, well, no, uh, I agree with you completely. Um, it, it doesn't really hold the same importance uh, than, than most of the other games of the season. And it's funny to consider that um, when you think that it's actually the first trophy of the season as well. It is, yeah. Um, but I, I did, I did uh, want to watch it because I was following PSG um, to the preseason uh, and I wanted to see how they would develop in a competitive game. I knew it was going to be uh, a half of the youth team out there. Um, but when I saw the lineups, uh, and I and I mentioned this in the in our um, little PSG group uh, mm-hmm. that that I th- I thought Monaco had a much more established team in their in their starting eleven than PSG, and for me, even though it was not uh, as much of the result or as much as of, of the importance of the game, it was so fantastic to be able to see PSG working so so fluidly, so coherently. Um, and I think we've seen that uh, in the in the few things that we've been able to see from TT, which is I think the the biggest positive we can take um, from that uh, from that Monaco game. Uh, they uh, Monaco also, of course, uh, they were also starting uh, youth players, younger players, but to be able to see PSG, um, like we discussed before, Dagba and Soki uh, having absolutely fantastic games. Uh, Buffon was was very very sharp. Uh, just every player was was having a a pretty good game, and I think even though we can attribute individually to those players, the biggest success of that single game was definitely Thomas Tuchel. Yeah, it was interesting. He, um, my goodness! Um, before I, I give uh, James some 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 time, um, I watch uh, Arsenal Manchester City. And you see uh, Emery's body language, which is, which is almost toxic and, and, and completely full of stress. And I find it negative. And uh, maybe we, we didn't know better when he was our coach. But that was, that was, that was it. And then you see Tuchel, who is intense. He can yell, but he's positive. I find him a lot more engaging. And uh, is it a coincidence that somehow you... You kind of see it on the pitch. I don't know. Um, anything oh, yeah. else? Anything else? I, I, yeah, I was gonna add to that. Yeah, I, I agree so much. And even though I wanted to say, like a little, you know, a little disclaimer, we've seen amazing Trophy de Champion from many other uh, PSG managers. We saw that the mauling of Lyon four-one with Emery, where we thought we had find our our magic manager, um, and we saw the the other the other Trophy de Champion against. Um, Leon, but the one that Laurent Blanc uh, yeah. took charge. We have we've had pretty decent uh, super cups these recent years. So that is why I think the result wasn't as as important as the actual development of the game. Yeah, and I completely I think, agree. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that that is why I I'm so positive and so excited to see what Tuchel can bring because it's just you know he's shaken up everything. It's different. James, did you watch the game? I did. Oh, good. Uh, and uh, I agree with, with both of you. I, I do want to go back to what you said, Guillaume, about um, the, the body language. Um, it's super body language. Yes. He, he looks very relaxed. Um, and I can only assume that he kind of takes that same approach in training, which I think when, you're, when your manager can instill that relax and that uh, calmness and – and uh, confidence in the players. I, th- I think that really shows on the pitch. So when you get to a game like the Trophée des Champions and you have these new players that are that are youth out there, they seem to – they were very cohesive to me. And, mm-hmm. and to go back to, to Kose's point, I don't think the result here – I don't think the 4-0 is what – is really what matters. I think, like you said, yeah. it's the development and uh, how they actually play together. I thought that, you know, looking at this team, it didn't look like this was the first time they had been out there. They they didn't look like the moment was too big for them at all. Um, they they went out there and they handled business, and I, w- I was very impressed with that. Well, I mean, um, again, for um, – I mean, I think most of our listeners and most Paris Saint-Germain fans know we have a phenomenal youth academy. And there's nothing new. 
it's debatable if it got better since uh, QSI took over, since the Qataris took over. But um, for many years, I mean, it, it, you have to be dumb and, and blind not to realize you're sitting on a gold mine, which is the greater Paris area. There's, it's been named the biggest reservoir of talent in world football. And, and Paris Saint-Germain has barely any competition. It's the only top team in this area. The, the next better are, are Red Star in League Two. Créteil, are they like National or League Two? I forgot they keep, you know. But there's, there's no competition. So for years, the, whoever was running Paris Saint-Germain, uh, Colony Capital or before that, um, developed, tried their best to develop the Youth Academy, which is why when you see Youth Academy players, they know how to play. There's a, whoever's running the, the Youth Academy at Paris Saint-Germain. There was um, Romagosa for a couple of years. For many, many, many years, Roseau, Bertrand Roseau, was the head of the, the academy. He left, now he's back. It's a little bit of a mess. But they tried to establish a, not as much as, as Barca, of course, but the style of play. Which allows when, when a, a, a young player from the academy finally makes it in, in the, in the first team, well, it's not like a discovery for that player. So there's, co- there's cohesion, there's coherence. Um, and we can actually take Monaco as a good example where you have, like you said, Kose, established players, um, coming in, but they don't really know how to play, uh, yet together. And poor Jardim, year after year after year, as to, uh, as to teach these players how to play together again. Don't have to do that at Paris Saint-Germain because of the structure and quality of, of our youth academy. Um, do you, anything you want to add uh, on the Trophée des Champions or should we move on to other things? No, I'm good. We can go. Yeah, I think we, we pretty much nailed it. Yes. Well... Let's let's um, let's talk about the two uh, young players that were uh, lined up during during that game. We had never seen Ensoki, or barely, actually, some of us had seen Ensoki for like ten minutes here and there last season, where he was somewhat interesting, but nobody had seen da- uh, Dagba. Um, suddenly, out of the blue, we have two fullbacks we pretty much never heard of. Um, and they both had a very decent game. And Soki had two assists. Dagba completely owned his, his right wing. But, I mean, in front, in front of Dagba, there was Serrano, never heard of him, and Ahulu, never heard of that guy neither. So, you know, Monaco wasn't playing with, with his top team um, neither. On the other wing, and Soki had Grancier, who, who um, shoot, I forgot where Grancier was last season, Dijon, something like that. Uh, interesting, very powerful forward. He had Telmans, and he had Ragi. Well, Ragi is not very fast, but Ragi is an experienced player. Still, and Soki delivered. And so Grancier. Yeah, Grancier. Grancier had a fantastic game. He had a, good, he had a good game, but not defensively, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was the only threat, or like, you know, Jovetic. Well, I don't know. Lopez didn't have such a good game. But Grancier was the best um, uh, Monaco player on the pitch. But defensively, he didn't, he didn't do much um, uh, against Ensoki. But still, Ensoki had three, I w- I'm going to use your expression again, established players. Ligue 1 established players in front of him. And he did fantati- fantastically well. This is great, great news. Um, the question is, are we going to sign new fullbacks? What is the full, fullback situation? Can we rely on Ensoki and Dagba as, as a backup? Can they repeat this type of performances? Well, let's move on to Paris Saint-Germain. Quand? Because, oh, should I mention, uh, should I mention who scored? 4 uh, 0 against Monaco, Trophée des Champions, Di Maria, 33rd. And ninetieth, Christopher and Kunku on a gorgeous and soki assist, fortieth, and Timothy Weir, sixty seventh. So first quote unquote official goal for Tim Weir in the first team at Paris Saint Germain. Alright, so Paris Saint Germain quand? Oh, uh, guys, I'm I'm not doing my job properly. Another thing we can s- 
say about this game is that, um, you know, with Tuchel, well, are we going to play three in the back? Boom, four in the back, four, three, three. Okay, well, surely next game against Caen, he's going to play with three in the back. Next game against Caen, boom, four, three, three, four in the back. Paris Saint-Germain-Caen, uh, 3-0, no. first uh, game at Parc des Princes, first uh, game of the season. Neymar, 10th, uh, 11th minute. Rabiot, 25th, and Timothy Weir, 89th minute. Go back, let's go back to Kosik. Did you watch the game? Yes, and I love watching that game. Um, because, like wow. you said, uh, okay. we expected... I know, I know, it's it was, it was in, interesting. Um, it was interesting. Of course, of course, of course, of course. I mean, uh, talking about uh, footballistic quality, I think that there can be better options than a week one PSG can. <laughs> yes. But um, but it was very very interesting to watch, and it comes back to what you said before. We had seen um, such a purpose from Tuchel in the preseason: three at the back most of the time. Um, last year at center back, uh, and he switched it. He switched everything up. We saw. A completely different setup um, with Monaco and and a, a very similar setup to that one with uh, Cannes. And I would I'm I'm a person that's all for change. I mean I love seeing three at the back and trying new things. But I would absolutely not complain um, of what TT showed us uh, on both of those games. Like like I said before, Dagba has been absolutely fantastic. Um, and I think considering we have Dani Alves uh, on on his way to recovery. Thomas Mounier, who's, who's been such a, a consistent and fantastic player for us the last two seasons. So I think at least on the right-back department, um, we are uh, stacked, or at least we should be okay uh, for the rest of the season. I don't think we should need another player. Tagba can play, can come, can come in and play uh, until Dani Alves is fine. Uh, I do think, though, that Mounier should be our starter because last season, in the biggest games, we saw all of the all of the deficiencies that Dani Alves can present um, in this stage of his career. Also, I sure. I, I did rem- I did remember seeing Nsoki a couple of times last season with Emery, and he was fantastic. Although, I, if I if I remember correctly, he was introduced as as um, as a center back. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but that's, but that's his re- real position. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and that is why I was so surprised to see him playing on that side. Uh, but he did fantastic, had absolutely incredible projections, very, very solid defensively. Um, so I, I, I think there the decision is a little bit more complicated because um, I want to believe in Kurosawa. I really want to. Uh, but we, we, we know his story and we know, we know his, his consistency problems with PSG and I will forever be so salty that Yuri got sold. Um, but, but it's a good piece of business because we, we bought him for much less than what we, for, for what we sold him. Sure was, sure was. Um, James, did you watch the game? I did. I missed maybe 10 minutes. I think it was between somewhere between the oh, 70 and the 80th minute. Shame on you. I know. I know. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. What did you think? Your, your, no, your I, take think, uh, I, I think we looked well again. Um, I was actually kind of a little surprised to see uh, to see Neymar getting the, getting the start uh, all the way up front. Um, but I thought he looked good there. I thought Di Maria has been playing very well uh, recently. And like Kose said, Dagba and Ansoki, again, are showing their worth um, a lot. And I and I agree. Um, between Dagba, Munye, and Danny Alves, I think we're, I think we're okay. Um, yeah. And again, to reiterate what he said with Kurzawa, I'm, I'm not sold yet. I keep no, trying to believe... And he keeps finding ways to betray my trust. Uh, so, um, but I, and I'm very excited to see that uh, Tim Weah got got his first uh, league on goal in the 89th minute. Even though it was a mistake by the keeper, it yeah, counts. But that's, it, goes, it, it counts. That's whole Weah. <laughs> that's beca- no seriously. Yeah, I mean, the effort. Know. No, his effort was absolutely was fantastic. Trying to trying to uh, get back to that and seeing that. You know, from everybody on the pitch is it was really encouraging. 
So let me try to do my job properly and give you the lineup for both games. For the Trophée des Champions, uh, we had in the goal Gianluigi Buffon, Dagba and Ensoki, uh, fullbacks, Riman, what? And Thiago Silva, a central defenders. Verratti, Diawa, Rabio in midfield. Verratti on the right, Rabio on the left, where they, you know, their natural position. Diawa as a sentinel. Di Maria, Wea, and then Kunku up front. And, um, and Kunku had a decent game. Wea had interesting movements, but, uh, you know, Di Maria had a great game. But uh, let's remember Rabio Verratti. Um, I personally had never seen them play that fast, which is definitely a Tuchel, Tuchel, Tutuch. We're going to have to find a compromise uh, to, uh, for his, the, the way we pronounce his name. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to call him Tutuch. Do we actually know what his... Tuchel, Tuchel, I think. Ah, oh, okay. We need a German dude to tell us. Um, <laughs> I've never seen Verratti and Rabiot play one-two touches, boom, 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 lightning fast to supply the people up front. They would rip apart Monaco's midfield, apart. They completely destroyed it in very quick, sublime one-two touches, the, like two-thirds of the game. Gorgeous. We saw a difference uh, when Verratti wasn't playing against Caen. Lineup against Caen, Buffon, Dagba, and Ensoki again. Silva Marquinhos in central defense. Diara again as a sentinel. Bernard, what? Um, as right back, as right back, as right midfielder. Rabiot playing his natural role on the left. Nkunku on the right as he had played on the left against Monaco. Di Maria on the left as he had played on the right against Monaco, and Neymar as a fake nine. So I'll give my two cents on the PSG. I, I, didn't, I didn't like that game. I think we, the first uh, half was decent. Second half was... was uh, Dia had a really good, what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. He's, he's got to be at 100% to be decent, and he was, and then he got tired. He's 34 years old. He's a, you know, he's, he's not a big athlete. And it's getting difficult. The intensity in League One, the athleticism is up. And his is down. His intensity and <laughs> athleticism is down. So Diawa is, is, has a lot of experience. He has a fantastic attitude. Uh, it can be a good relay, apparently, uh, between the team and, and, and Tuchel. Tuchel, Tuchel. Um, it's good to have on the bench, but he can't. He just can't do it. Um, what should we... Oh, well, so Buffon in the goal for both games. Anything to say about Buffon? Too, too, too early to tell? Any comments? I think, uh, I, I think he's been fantastic. So sharp uh, and safe. Um, I, I do remember seeing a couple of mistakes from him in preseason, but after that, I mean, it's not that he's had uh, too much to do either. To be honest, true. Um, but he, I, I still remember that uh, almost own goal from Thiago Silva. Yeah, that gorgeous. He was he was able to to track back uh, when he was practically running the other way. So I think that even I, I don't think he should be our starter this season. But he's been fantastic so far. Yeah, I, I think he was. I think he was sharp. Um, I don't mind him being a backup at all. I, I feel safe. He's kind of a, a comfort blanket uh, when, when we have to go through some of those rotations. Uh, I, I thought I was a little shaky uh, in the preseason, but I think that had more to do maybe with our back line at the time with uh, the the three at the back with Diara being in the middle. I think that was – I don't think that was necessarily conducive to uh, to Gigi at the time. Um, but he, he, looked, he looked good. Um, yeah, one thing. I mean, one thing that I do want to, I I, I don't know. Maybe um, there that free kick that Con had that actually went off the post. Mm-hmm. It looked like he was in good position, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he 
saw that it was going off the post. Uh, but at the beginning, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't so sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, in the previous podcast, I've said that I'm I'm, uh, I'm delighted that he's in he's in the team, and I am. I think. Uh, be, the main reason, because I think he can be a phenomenal influence and mentor for Areola. My, my dream goalkeeper at Paris Saint-Germain would have Areola's body and Buffon's head. Um, but if, and there's no if, Areola is going to come back, is he going to be the number one keeper? We don't know. Uh, is it going to be a number one keeper? We don't know. There's going to be what an is, what is Trap? What is Trap still doing in the squad? <laughs> Trap, Trap is... Looks like he's going to stay in a, in a, in a squad. Trap gave his number one jersey to Buffon. Holy shit, does that mean that Buffon is going to be number one keeper? We don't know. Question mark, complete question mark with um, the keeper. But Buffon is a 40-year-old legend, uh, captain of a Juve team, a winner, a World Cup winner. Was he the captain of... Uh, the Italian team, I think he was in 2006 when they won. Uh, he's smart enough to not play the diva and mentor a potentially world-class keeper, uh, Areola. Now, the club itself and its structures, um, well, we, you know, we're not top-notch yet. The, 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 the management has shown that, well, they're not necessarily on top of things. So who knows? Um, hopefully they will listen to Tuchel and Tuchel is a smart coach and they will, they have to say it. I think they have to clearly say it uh, to the fans and to the team. This is how it's going to be. We, we're going to, uh, you know, it's going to be an alternance. Or here we go. Buffon is number one. They have to say it. It's too unclear. There's so many question marks in this team, in this club, actually. But this season... We, um, we just discussed that we feel safe with our right-back situation because Alves is coming back because um, now we have a third option and he looks like an option, a good, decent option, Dagba. We don't feel good at all with the left-back situation because we have a weirdo. I think Kurzawa is a little bit of a weirdo. Um, who can score a hat-trick in a Champions League game but struggle to be consistent, struggle to be good defensively, and, and was sent to the bench by, come on, by an average left-back. Yuri was really an average left-back. I think Kurzawa has, has mental, like, mental issues, like he's, he's got confidence problems. I've seen him play super confident in Monaco, and uh, I've rarely seen such a level of... of uh, intensity as a left-back, both defensively and in attack. He was amazing with Monaco. He can be amazing with us again. But that's a big question mark, our left-back. Midfield, complete question marks. The only thing where we feel more or less confident is up front. We're very confident up front. We have probably too many players. How is Draxler going to be displayed? When is he going to play? At which position? Draxler is, is a young, fantastic player. Are we going to massacre these years at Paris Saint-Germain? So even if we feel confident up front, there's a lot of question marks. Um, so here we go. Question marks. Um, what are your worries? And what do you feel good and uh, confident about coming into this new season at Paris Saint-Germain? We'll, uh, we'll switch. James, start with that. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about our midfield the most, um, mainly because I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here with, between, um, Drexler not having appearances very much so far, Rabio, I don't know whether he's even going to be here or not. Uh, and we still need a six. So I, I don't. I'm not feeling great yet. I mean, I think we, we've got enough to get by right now. But I think if we run up against a squad that has a... Midfield? Any kind of midfield. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, I, I think we're going to have to figure that out. 
Uh, same with the same with the left back. Um, I mean, Insoki has looked good thus far, um, but there are teams that are going to challenge us there at some point. And uh, I mean, I, I'm interested to see what he's going to do. Um, and and I don't think we can rely on Krizawa at all right now. So um, those are those are where I'm most concerned um, up front. I, I think having, in, in a sense, having too many players is is a good problem to have. Um, sure, we can, we can plug and play there. Um, but I, I mean, I don't have any qualms with anything that we have going on up front. Uh, I think that, and especially if if Di Maria can keep playing like he's been playing, then I think we're fine. I, I think we're we're better than fine. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. Um, especially since he's been known to fall out of form. Uh, yeah. mid-season and even late-season. Sure. Cosé, um, conf- confident in what? Worried about what? Of course. Um, I don't know. I have so, so many question marks for PSG this season. Um, starting with the goalkeeper one, we already discussed a little bit about that. Um, I'm worried Trap will become the new Sirigu. Uh, staying. <laughs> oh, okay. that's a good one. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, staying all the season, staying all the season in the bench. You know, I think Trap. Um, you know, he has his mistakes. Uh, he's not the perfect goalkeeper, but I think he he is um overall a, a very very decent goalkeeper. And I think many of us would agree that during last season, Trap was probably the best substitute goalkeeper in the world. Um, so I think for me it's just sad to he, to to see him be relegated to third goalkeeper, especially especially after seeing all of the all of the transfer rumors and 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 talk about him going to Dortmund and replacing Burki, who's who's an absolutely farce of a goalkeeper. Um, but 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 I I I just think it's uh, adding another problem to our already list of prog- problems. Uh, something that's such an easy decision to just get rid of him, um, and then just try to sort out my other question in goalkeeping, which is who will be number one. I am also afraid that um, it's not that I don't like Buffon because I absolutely love Buffon, and I go back to what you said before, Guillaume, about him being such a fantastic presence in the locker room and him being able to teach and mentor. Are you? Are excuse me. Um, Ariola into uh, a world-class goalkeeper. So, of course, I'd love to have him in the squad. But I would not like to see a repetition of what happened last last year with Dani Alves um, because I just don't think uh, PSG as a team that wants to win everything on every front should rely so heavily on such older players. Um, and, and especially just because it would be a... I, I think a drop in Ariola's confidence um, to see just Buffon take up the number one spot, and then maybe we'll just like you know uh, quote unquote ruin uh, Ariola. Then like having to find a solution for that. So I don't know. I think goalkeeping is a very very big question mark uh, for me. And then uh, I think also um, going back to what James said, the midfield. Um, it it seems like it, it'll be uh, uncertain because, like you mentioned before, Guillaume, will Draxler uh, play in the midfield? Will he play uh, up front? Who are gonna be our? Who is gonna be our starters? Will Tuchel try to convince Rabiot to play more defensively? What are we sacrificing if he actually does that? And who will be our number six? Because we saw um, Emery's bet last uh, season by by putting Lo Celso as a number six. And he wasn't completely horrible, and in league he was pretty decent. Uh, but you know what happened when we got to the Champions League against Real Madrid, where he was just completely exposed. No, 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 no. What happened? Uh, well, I'm I, joking. I... <laughs> yes, of course <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh God. Um, so, so of course it, it is a, a huge, huge question mark in midfield, and and that I agree completely with James. Who are we gonna bring, and what is the solution? That that um, the board and TT will will think of. Yeah, um, how can I say that? 
I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. We are being run by um, like a business. So we have, or I have, as, as a Paris Saint-Germain fan, to come to terms with that. Um, last summer, we got Neymar and Mbappe in. That's unbelievable. I mean, think about it again. We, got, we signed Neymar and Mbappe in the same transfer window. Unbelievable. Then we got, as we are disrupting the usual business in Europe by the uh, biblical amount of money our owners have access to, of course, that provoked a reaction and the big clubs pressured UEFA and FFP is, is really hurting us now. We don't have all the details. Main reason is Paris Saint-Germain is not a public club, so does not have to disclose its financial uh, uh, anything. So we can only assume and, and work on suppositions. But obviously, look at this transfer season. Something's, something's not right. Um, something is in the way of the investments uh, that are potentially available to make the team better. So we're probably not going to see major transfers coming in. The reason why I'm frustrated about this is not much because I want new big names. It's, I think, the club, as meaning the, the powers that be at the club, are just fine with it. The team is completely unbalanced. We have in, uh, incredible firepower up front. We had a mediocre midfield starting last season. And two, almost three starters in that midfield left. Mota retired. Matridi got transferred. And uh, Pastore was, you know, a little bit, was a bench player, but like a solid, reliable bench player who could play as a midfielder or as a forward, got transferred too. They were replaced by no one, nobody, and absolutely fucking nobody. They didn't get replaced at all. Lo Celso okay, was a bet on the, a good bet on the future, but we had to rely on Lo Celso last season, which is and at at at, at the position he's not used to, and doesn't have the the physical abilities to. I mean, whatever. Um, and Kunku is not a starter neither, and is more an attacking midfielder, cannot really help as a defensive midfielder. Um, Verratti got injured at the end of the season, seems to be coming back uh, real sharp, that's good news, and now the Rabiot bullshit. So on midfield, not only it's not staying at the poor level it was, it's falling apart upon our, of, uh, our eyes. We are witnessing the complete dismantle of Paris Saint-Germain mediocre midfield into a, a what? A, two, a, a, a big nothing? Tuchel is not a magician. There's only um, two weeks left in the transfer window. England, um, it's over already. Italy um, closes uh, in 48 hours. So there's going to be the French market, the German market, um, the Spanish market, and the Portuguese market. Don't ask me about Brazil and I don't know other, uh, other championships. Uh, to find a midfielder, because we haven't found, haven't found one yet, for some reason, mid-August, and we started the season already. Um, that doesn't, that's, uh, I don't know what, how to express how unprofessional and, and ridiculous it is, but here we are. So um, I'm being a little bit pessimistic, unless... Unless, uh, I don't know, Weigel signs. We need a midfielder without one guy in the midfield. At least one reinforcement in midfield. Someone decent. Even Enzonzi would have done it. He just sank for, uh, for Roma today. Like James said, like you said, because there's no, there's, no there's no beating Arsenal with a, with a team like this. With a midfield like this. We're going to be taken over. And, uh, and dominated, and uh, without a 6-2 particular defense, they're going to be on one-on-ones against excellent uh, forwards and take goals. 
um, and we are not going through the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Uh, there's, no, there's no miracle. There's no magical anything. If we don't have midfielders in quality and numbers, we're going to suck ass again in the Champions League. Uh, anyone agree on my long and boring rant on the, <laughs> on the midfield again? Well, we, you know I'm in agreement. Kose, am I, am, I, am, I, am, am I saying complete nonsense here? Uh, no, of course. Let's be but, real. No, no, I agree. I agree completely with what you said, Guillaume. And I think, um, I think we are missing the obvious piece in the puzzle because we, I have loved, absolutely loved everything that I have seen from Nkunku this preseason. Um, I think he should be in, very, very involved uh, mm-hmm. in the league on season this season. Because he's a fantastic player, and I love to see him play. I love him too. Um, and I think we have a bunch, a bunch of options. Um, a, as you said, attacking options, and even attacking options that can play in midfield, like we've seen before. Dragster as a number eight, it wasn't fantastic, but he's no. played before. Uh, we've seen Dragster as a number ten, and Kunku can also play as a midfielder. So, like we. Um, it's not. I don't think the problem is as much uh, as attacking wise, but it's just simply, like you said, defensive wise. We can't charge into the Champions League with Diara as our only pure defensive midfielder. I agree. And Sonsi would have been a fantastic addition to our team this season. Um, but I, there, there's something, like you said before, there's something there that's not allowing us to get the midfielder that we need. Something's weird, right? Something's fishy. There's an odd. There's something very odd going on. Um, James, something to add on on the midfield situation. Um, I mean, we we probably will be okay in League One, but what we really care about is the Champions League. Uh, do do you see Paris Saint Germain going past the quarterfinal with that midfield? Uh, unfortunately, no. Um... Unless, unless uh, Ariola or Buffon and our front just right somehow look, I, I don't, I, I don't have an explanation really. Mm. Uh, let's be honest, I, I don't, I don't know how you get through Europe without a midfield. Well, you don't, you just don't. Um, so I. Nobody in the media is able to tell us what's going on. Even what the, the, you know, Paris United, which last season we were like, oh my God, they are tier one. They are so reliable. He's not telling us what's happening uh, in, in, in a credible way. Uh, Culture PSG, same thing. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on with FFP. We don't know what's going on. Who's really running the club? Is it run from Doha? Is, uh, is Nasser really running the things? Or is Jean-Claude Blanc? Okay, Enrique, is he really in charge of transfers? Because we keep hearing, oh, Enrique had nothing to do with this guy's transfer or that guy's transfer. Okay. Um, who's in charge? Doing what? What's the plan? What's the situation with FFP? What are we trying to achieve? The only thing which is clear so far and positive, the Parc des Princes is full. Um, they're making good money with uh, you know, gate entries and um, uh, we, we're getting new sponsors, even if our fake sponsors got devalued by FFP. I'm sure they will, they will find a way around that. Uh, on a business standpoint, I think um, things are doing great. On a football standpoint, things are not. Uh, do they do they care? Well, frankly, I'm I'm giving them uh, I don't know another season or two. If it's gonna be that, oh, you know, we have big stars. We see uh, what his name uh, like a rap artist, female rap artist with the Paris Saint Germain jersey, and she's on Instagram, and everybody's talking about it. Uh, look, Neymar's a new haircut. I don't. I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't do that. I don't give a shit. 
I want to see a team that plays football, that has its style of play, that that shows its fan, it's 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 working hard on the pitch. Um, I'd rather see that than win trophies. I, I even wouldn't mind Paris Saint-Germain being defeated yet again in eighth or qu- quarterfinal of the Champions League, but at least if they play a good, positive, coherent football. Even that, I wouldn't mind. Is this looking like it's going to happen this season? No. Uh, like James said, maybe, maybe uh, if Buffon has a miracle game, you know, or, or Areola or like... Neymar scores five goals that day, despite the fact that we completely sucked ass, were dominated, didn't show any grit on the pitch. The past two weeks have made me very, very pessimistic for this season, and it's a waste because uh, I think we got a great coach. But he's not getting the basic, basic tools he needs to make this team work. Please, uh, you know comment on my yet again long rant well i i think we're still we, we still don't have our full squad yet so uh i want to I, at least reserve judgment uh, sure. a, a little bit until we see what what happens uh, when cavani mbappe and and uh the crew are back um because maybe we see a little bit of a shift in style now can that cover up our midfield woes? Probably not, but you know, and maybe, maybe this time uh, next week we're maybe uh, less harsh on our on our midfield and uh, outlook on the uh, on the European season at least. Maybe. Could I say anything else to add? Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm taking over. The <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I've, it's come from the heart, guys. I. I it's not. It's not looking good. Because anything to add on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I've been happy uh, because I, I do I do see, um, like James said, the attitude and, like you said, uh, the instruction and the the effect that uh, Titi has had on the squad on his players. Um, Kevin Riman had probably uh-huh. never even seen a pitch uh, from my PSG jersey before. And he, suddenly he was okay. He, starts, he, w- he was okay. Yeah. He was okay. Yeah, he, starts, suddenly, he suddenly starts the Trophy de Champion. He, like you said, he had a, a very, very decent game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do like, I do like uh, those, kind of, th- those kind of proposals. And, and when you shake things up and, and suddenly, you know, you're, you're watching Kevin Riemann in the starting lineup. Or or Bernard starting the in the first uh, match of the season. So I think I think seeing things like that, and 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 the motivation, uh, the desire that the players show on the pitch, that is something that I treasure so highly, um, and that and that of course just has elevated my already high opinion um, on TT. But I do agree also with the fact that we are still not a balanced team. We have so so many options in attack. We don't know what's going on with Gedish. Um, mm. Hesse is, for some reason, still a PSG player. Um, we have three amazing attackers up front. And then it's just like we are just unbalanced. That's the perfect word for it. I mean, we do need a midfielder that would give us that, soli- that, sol- sol- that sol- solidness. <laughs> Solidity. Um, two, two midfielders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course, of course. Um, I, I, I mean, and I, I think that Rabio and and Verratti are world class um, midfielders, but uh, it is true that there are still still a lot of question marks. So I am not um, as a negative, <laughs> if that's a way to say it, uh, on all of the signs that we've seen so far from the team. But I still think that there is a long, long way to go. No, sure, that's positive things, and you know. Um, we had five starters. Uh, was it against uh, Monaco or against Caen? I think against Caen from the youth academy and three on the bench. Total eight players on the roster. And that's very positive. But we know it's not going to happen much. Um, probably not again. 
And it's great to see youngsters giving it, uh, giving 120% and, and playing great, but they are not the starters. And we know the chronic problems we have with, with, the, with the team, and we're not seeing improvements to, to resolve the problems. The midfield, yet again. And the season has started, no improvements. Not only no improvements, Pastore, um, Pastore is gone. He had a, you know, a goodbye uh, moment at the halftime of Paris Saint-Germain Caen. We cried a little bit and uh, we so cried bad. even more. We cried even more because we lost another midfielder. Yeah, it's just so sad that we lost Pastore. He, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a long time coming, but it's still yeah. sad. It's still <laughs> sad. It still hurts. All right, let's talk about uh, rumors because um, there's no the only official the only official signing so far as uh, the season has started and there's only two weeks left in the transfer season is um, a patriarch from Italy at a position where we didn't really need um, some reinforcement kind of not kind of yes but not critical well. Here is another position where we don't really, really need or kind of yes, kind of not reinforcement is central defense. And guess what? This is what we may get. His name is Tilo, Tilo, I don't know, Tilo probably, Care. Uh, like I said, uh, starting this podcast, he's 21 years old. He's 6'1". He has about 55 games, I think, in Bundesliga. Correct me if I'm wrong. With Schalke. He's a, uh, 44 games. He's a German U21 international. Um, and, um, he's very, very promising. And he may sign for like 37 million euros, which is quite a lot of money. Um, he seems to be a very versatile player. He can play central defense, which is his main position. He can play, uh, left back. Apparently he's decent there. Even, even as a defensive midfielder or a sixth. Um, we'll start with James. Tilo Kara, James. If, if Tilo can play six, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. If, if. If he can play left back, I think that's okay too. Um, but sure. if, he was, if he was signed purely as a, as a center back... Um, I, I'm not sure then what the roles are now with him. I mean, he's he's fairly young, so it seems like he wouldn't want him as a fourth, uh, being being that young. Because then, how how does he develop? But um, at least from what I've seen, he he's fast, uh, he's aggressive. Mm-hmm. I do worry very that, aggressive. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, and I do worry that aggressiveness. Yeah, may be slightly reckless. I mean, he had a. I've seen a lot of tackles that he's had in the box. Yeah, he hurts. Scare me. Yeah, he's scary. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm going to be optimistic. Maybe, maybe uh, I'm going to trust the managerial staff here, and maybe they saw six and was like, "Yeah, let's go get him," because uh, that'd be helpful. But sure. um, I'm, I'm not sure quite yet what his role is supposed to be, because, like you said, 30, thirty-seven million is. That's a that's, lot. Yeah, that's a lot, especially to to ride the pine. So um, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully they have a place in mind for him. Um, and there's some value to be had there. Kosei, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with mostly everything that James said. Um, I love the fact that he's a fight, uh, his weak foot is fantastic. So he is practically, uh, he like doesn't have like a strong foot. Um, yeah, he has no weak foot. He has no strong yeah, exactly. foot, but he has no weak foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I I do love that versatility, and I think that a versatile player is a fantastic addition um, to the team. Uh, but but I am not fully sold on it. Oh well, and of course, I also love that he is so young um, mm-hmm. because that that gives him so much potential and. Uh, you know, a, a training besides uh, Thiago Silva and Marquinhos, Kimpembe, which are all fantastic, fantastic central defenders, um, should should give him a segue to become a, a fabulous player. 
but he would become fourth center back. Um, I am not sure how they would use him. Uh, I like TT because he rotates a lot more of what we've been able to see. Um, so maybe he would get enough, he would get more chances. I think he is not um, a bad addition at all. I just don't think he's a fantastic one either. Well, it's, it's of course too early to tell. On paper, it's interesting because uh, um, he's very versatile. And um, like, like you said, Kose, it's a big deal that he has no weak foot. So that means he can play central defender on the right or on the left. It doesn't matter. He's as good. And that's very important in, in today's modern game. Um, he can play left back, which is great. I mean, having a young, motivated Uh, physically impactful, uh, somewhat experienced for his young age. Um, player like this, yes, is interesting. Um, over Boateng, okay, sure. I mean, there's pros and cons, <laughs> right? There's pros and cons. Boateng was, is 29. He would have costed a little bit more, um, quite a bit more, actually, salary-wise especially. Uh, and he's um, he's been injured a lot recently, but my God, his passing game! Oh, oh Boateng long long passing is gorgeous. And when you have Neymar and, and Mbappe up front, like rockets, and you have a player on the back that can pass like this, so sure. But Boateng cannot play left back. Boateng cannot play uh, right central defender, and Boateng cannot play six. And Boateng is a lot more expensive. But it's a nice name. So, of course, we haven't even seen uh, uh, Thilo play yet uh, with a Paris Saint-Germain jersey. Um, overall, I kind of like that they're going young rather than they're going old, especially as a fourth CD. And, um, okay, at least we signed a new player. And um, in central defense now, we can play with three in the back if Tuchel feels like the team would uh, function well like this. So with a fourth central defender in the rotation, now we probably can try playing with three, which would be very interesting to see, especially if we don't get anyone in midfield. So... Uh, in the contract negotiations, Kimpembe just signed an extension to 2023. He tripled his nice salary. salary. Yeah. Tripled his salary to 7 million euros per season. That's gross pay, but still. Good job. Deserves it. That's really, really, really good news. We all love Kimpembe. Uh, he brings so much to the team both on the pitch and uh, in the locker room. This is great news. Now. Rabio. So before yet again having me starting a long 10 minutes rant about Rabio, I'm going to let you talk first. <laughs> the Rabio situation. James, would... Uh, having Rabio leave the club now or without a contract in one year be a big deal, a good thing, a bad thing? Uh, let us know. What do you think? Well. Good answer. <laughs> uh, uh, I am. I, I'm kind of torn because um, as we just have lamented over our midfield, him leaving right now without a replacement doesn't help. Um, no, but the, these, these off field things aren't helping either. Uh, and, and frankly, I'm, I'm kind of just over it. I, I I'd real. rather not have to deal with the headache, but we don't have anybody to replace him right now with our mass exodus of our midfield, uh, over the last two seasons. Um, And maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe he looks around and he says, well, you know, you don't have anybody better than me, so I can just act like an ass all the time. Um, and Surely. I guess we need to fix that. And so between getting a replacement for Rabio and a six, uh, I know, that seems like a lot to ask right now. It is. But 
Uh, I Rabio has has got me in a very uncomfortable place, and and I don't quite know um, how I feel about it right now. Well, go go to that place. Look on your right. That's me. Hi, I'm right there with you. Cosé, <laughs> <laughs> your thoughts on Adrien Rabio, the Duke? Uh, well, my opinion, my opinion of Rabio, um, I I have to agree. I don't like um, having all all this drama. I love it when a player is so professional and so unique and whatever and whatnot. But um, I, I, do, I do love um, seeing Rabio play, and I do think that he is the future in the midfield of PSG, and I was personally insulted when the, uh, Deschamps did not take him to the World Cup. Oh, so yeah. um, I, I absolutely love Rabio. It would be, for me, one of the worst nightmares uh, come true to see him leave because I love having him on our team. He's such a complete midfielder, has an amazing strike, is a fantastic passer, good defender, huge, huge player, um, and I would love to see him stay. Uh, but it is clearly coming at a cost because um, he's become so vital for us. And I really do go back to what James said before, um, that us not having anything else is becoming a part of the problem uh, because not only is Rabio getting better and bigger and more important to our team, but he's also starting to become rarer on our team. Um, Jesus. And, yep. and the fact that he's become such a vital part of our midfield uh, is giving him all of this leverage that I don't think is completely wrong, but I also think that he, uh, because of his attitude and his history, um, I think he's, he's misusing uh, so I would love to see more additions to the midfield, but I would hate, hate, hate to see Rabiot leave. Yeah, good, uh, good points. Um, during the Trophée des Champions, wow, I was looking at him. My God, he was fit. Fit, like sharp as a knife. And the game he had with Verratti, I've never seen them. Not true. But like for 20 minutes, they were together amazing. So we've seen Rabio being amazing. We've seen Rabio being absolutely awful, not tracking back when he loses a duel, not giving a shit, being completely unprofessional. So we've seen this is the package so far. But like you said, Kose, and uh, I think James, you, you'd agree. I mean, he's, he's, his mother knows what's up at Paris Saint-Germain. And um, it's business. And uh, he wants he wants big money. Um, he's a very very complete midfielder, and there are not that many in the world. And um, it's but so now he's, he's he's pressuring the club, putting them in a really awkward position, and making a sweat because yeah, if he leaves now, oh my god, oh my god, my god, my god, my god. Are we going to lose him at the end of the season on a free? Because then he's going to... I think that's the worst case scenario. It's a worst case scenario, but... Worst, worst, worst. Yeah, worst. <laughs> yeah it is, right? Um, so he's, he's hurting us uh, because, you know, he can. And that's not a good feeling. So we all lo love beautiful stories. You know, Steven Gerrard type stories. Uh, but, uh, well, that's not Adrien Rabiot, so, yeah, that's not, we'll, we'll see. My feeling um, is going to get, is going to stay and get a absurdly high contract. We're talking like 10, 11, 12 million. He, he has all the leverage he wants. Yeah, he holds he, He's going to get cards. what he wants. He's going to get what he wants. He's holding all the cards. Any way you look at it. And also, he's really mad because he, he's not world champion. So, you know, that adds to the, uh, how, how awkward this situation is. Anything else you guys want to bring up for this, uh, for this episode of the podcast about what's going on? Anything we forgot to mention? Um, I, don't, I don't think it's as much as something we forgot. Um, 
it just I will always be curious um, about what would have happened if we had turned David Luiz into a number six. Mm. Because I saw him play as that liberal center back at Chelsea, and I think that is the position he was born for. Yeah. I mean, I know he doesn't want to accept it, and I know he's a frustrated center back because he wants to be a center back, but he's not. He's just a number six. I think you're right, Jose. Yeah, so he's, I have, he's, yeah. Yeah. I would have absolutely adored to see him now fitting this team. His range of passing, his long passing is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. He it is kind of erratic, but that is excellent because he would be that breaker up in the midfield. So I would ha I will always live with that with that curiosity of how how would he have fit in this PSG team? Hey, you know he's been he's he's been on the bench all season with Chelsea. So uh, what's going to happen this season? And they signed Jorginho on top of it. So doesn't look too good for David Luiz. Maybe he's going to come back. Hey, maybe that's it. Maybe that <laughs> <laughs> he's going to come. Oh, that'd be so nice. Uh, James, anything to add on uh, this week's podcast? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. We um, You wasted another full hour listening to PSG Talking. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for all of our uh, uh, Patreons uh, supporters. It means a lot to us and it keeps the machine going. Um Unfortunately, our other new cast member couldn't make, make it on time. So, Terry, uh, well, hopefully you're going to be on the next one. James, thank you so much for joining. No, Great for addition me. to the team. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, guys. Bye-bye. Qui bouge, qui lutte, qui combat l'oppression, le peuple en action, voilà la solution. Attention, méfie-toi, que la puissance venue du peuple sera personnée le plat. Avec peur et fracas, oh la tête par chaîne, qui dit nous pardonner. Car la situation, l'institution devient une dérision. Et laisse-moi nous espérer tomber, les dictatures n'empêchera pas la rupture. Car l'humain s'entête dans sa folie, rien ne l'arrête. Alors toi, tu te dis roi, sois de ta foi, et non pas de ton frère. Et donc toi, tu j'appelle frère, qu'en finiras-tu de terre ses craintes et d'alimenter par ces mêmes craintes le pouvoir?